I am your host, Jonathan Stewart, and welcome to the Personal Power Project. Welcome to episode three. Today we're going to talk about a quote from someone else, not Emerson. We're going to talk about a guy by the name of David Foster Wallace. You may have heard of him, you may not have heard of him. He was a writer, a professor, actually, funny enough, at a college called Emerson College. So that's kind of a, a nice uh, spin-off or sort of a parlay from yesterday with Emerson in the previous episode. This guy um, had a really interesting way of writing. He uh, wrote a book called Infinite Jest, uh, The Pale King. These books are so enormous you could probably hit somebody with the book and actually kill them that's how heavy they are they're almost similar to like a war and peace type of book the pale king his last book that he was aiming to uh, write he actually never finished because he committed suicide david foster wallace had struggled with uh, depression his whole life and he stopped taking his antidepressants then he went on to i think some electroconvulsive therapy, and then, which is kind of crazy to even think about. And then he uh, went back on his medication, and um, yeah, he ended up, I think, posting a, a note and the manuscript of the Pale King and hung himself. So, why are we having a, uh, why am I reading a quote from a guy who killed himself? Hey, I'll read a quote from anybody um, that I think can resonate with me and give me a foundation for espousing my teaching to you and what I get from it. So by all means, if there's a quote out there, you know, I will, uh, I will, um, seek to it that it gets, um, some airtime and you can learn about it. So this quote actually comes from a speech he gave, uh, for a commencement address, actually. This was a commencement speech in 2005 to the graduating class at Kenyon College. And the whole speech is really interesting. And the speech is called, uh, This is Water. Um, I think it's worth listening to if you have the, uh, if you have the time. You would actually enjoy every bit of it. And uh, what David Foster Wallace does, in all of his writings, he brings out the uniqueness in the everyday or the banality in the everyday, you know, like just the mundane sort of grind that we're a part of. And uh, he frames it in such a way that, you know, we have really interesting characters and the infinite jest and the pale king. But this um, quote, which I'm taking from uh, This Is Water, that speech, really emphasizes, you know, a lot of what I hold to be true and a lot of what I want to get across to you, the listener, about um, life in general. Uh, everything is about choices, right? And in life, you have the ability to choose how you feel. You have the ability to choose how you think. You have the ability to choose who you marry. Um, at least I hope you do. You have the ability to choose what class you want to take. You have the ability to choose how you um, how you're going to take rejection from someone, you know. And 
yeah, let's, let's get right into it and I'll, uh, I'll go from there. So here's the quote from David Foster Wallace, Kenyon College speeches. This is water. Here's the quote. Because here's something else that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it Jesus Christ or Allah, be it Yahweh or the Wiccan Mother Goddess or the Four Noble Truths or some inviolable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. So, interesting quote, right? I'll read it one more time. Because here's something else that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it Jesus Christ, Allah, be it Yahweh, or the Wiccan Mother Goddess, or the Four Noble Truths, or some inviolable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. So this speech really brings out an interesting um, idea, right? In life, um, you know, we may say that we're not religious, but the things that we worship and the choices that we make create that um, relationship with things, with people, with uh, objects, with um, significant others, uh, cars, guns, whatever it is, money, or what have you. And David Foster Wallace is saying, we actually do choose. There's no such thing as atheism. We choose what to worship. And even if you don't think you worship, you choose not to choose not to worship. You know, does that make sense? Um, and in this, you know, speech, he goes over that. It, it's kind of an interesting concept uh, to wrap your head around and. Let me paint a picture for you. You know, in life in general, there are thousands and thousands of things that just make life seem very mundane. And, you know, going to the store, buying groceries, uh, you know, waking up at 6 a.m., you know, watching a movie. I mean, literally think about the fact that we... Some of us, I don't want to say we collectively, but some of us, we watch TV shows about people who watch TV shows. What do I mean by that? You know, the Sex and the City, uh, Real Housewives of wherever they're from. Um, uh, Any like socialite, celebrity type of life that you follow. You're literally following someone who's following something and watching just like a mundane life. Like, I know that for a fact there are um, YouTube videos of a man or woman or just a person opening gifts that children like to watch. How do I know that? Uh, When I was uh, owner of the gym, I had a client of mine who had a uh, 
son or daughter, I don't remember which, um, <clears throat> who would play a video on YouTube of a person on YouTube opening gifts, unboxing them, and that's it. And that was the videos. So, like, everything in our life that's mundane, we forget that that is actually part of what makes life, like, meaningful. And we can find meaning in those things. And I'm not saying that you should find meaning on reality TV. I'm saying that we sort of, you know, put these pictures of what our life is going to be like, you know, when we're younger. That, you know, we're going to be solving the problems of the day, uh, you know. We're going to be a millionaire. We're going to run for president. We're going to have all these fancy things. And then you realize, like, no, life is, like, kind of ordinary. Like, it's pretty normal to, like, get up and uh, eat breakfast. Like, And you see, the speech that David Foster Wallace is giving, you can tell comes at least from my perspective, comes on the backdrop of his own depression, but also a depression that could really face America, could face the whole entire world, right? Like, we tend to think that things are more than they actually are, right? We tend to um, think the new job is like, uh, again, the new job is going to be so amazing. And we find out that it's like, just like a normal job, like, yeah, like, you might think what I do is really cool, but it's very, very normal. And how your choice, um, what choice you, uh, you know, sort of formulate in your head about that job, that's going to form the foundation for that life. Uh, David Foster Wallace talks about in this uh, speech, you know, like, getting online for groceries and you know the line is long you drove through traffic and it's like yes this is life you know and then you get to the checkout counter and you know say something goes wrong and you know your card isn't working and it's like these mundane things you could really choose them as being so like beautiful like let me say that again. You can choose all of these things to be like so amazingly beautiful that it makes you feel like, you know, like the world that's going on right now is like some semblance of God's people or something like a religious experience, you know. And it brings me back to a time that I was in St. John's University in college, and a professor of mine, we were doing a uh, mythology class. And this professor, I don't remember his name, but he was a really, really good teacher. And when we would, um, when we were going over, like, uh, you know, the formation of the world, right? If you read any Greek, uh, mythology or Roman uh, mythology, you know that there's this chaos and then the void and then we're all here, right? I mean, I'm simplifying it very, very much so. But this professor, like, he had a way of making an allegory for everything and, you know, maybe the uh, the Titans who were these Greek, uh, you know, gods, well, I guess they were the gods, god, gods, gods, because it was like Titan, uh, Zeus was a son of a Titan or what have you. And uh, 
he would talk about how, how amazing it is that we all can gather in this classroom. Like, think about that. The people were coming, I mean, I think there were like 20 kids in the class. People were coming in from, you know, Jersey. Some people were coming in from the city. Some people were coming in from Long Island. Some people were coming from the dorms. Think about how many things actually have to go uh, according to plan, so to speak, in order for us to be together. Isn't it? Like, think about it. Like, you know, maybe uh, today you took a ride somewhere. Like, think about how maybe maybe it was traffic and maybe you got stuck. If you did, I'm sorry. But think about the fact that wherever you were going, like, things went according to the plan. And it's like, it's, it's like a religious experience. And what I mean by that is like, there are so many things that could have gone wrong. There are so many things that you could, you know, start a hissy fit about, um, in the car ride, uh, you know, uh, while you're at your destination, whatever it is. Um, maybe there was a car accident and you did actually have to stop and now it completely fucked up your day and you're like, Oh, but like maybe this person was driving fast and was driving to get to their job and like lost control and didn't mean to hold up your day. So you see how, again, the choice is all within your grasp. It's not outside of you. All of these things that do happen, they're not happening to you. They're happening, you know, just as they would happen no matter what your choice uh, was and what your um, what your plan for the day was like, I I don't want to sound like a determinist, meaning that all the things that are going to happen are going to happen no matter what. I like to have, I like to believe that, uh, humans have some free will. And if I'm going to grant that humans have free will, I'm going to say that I'm going to also say rather that humans have the choice to worship what they want. You know, I even think about myself, um, and the things that I choose to worship. I'm someone who I doesn't, uh, you know, define myself as very spiritual, but I could see how um, the spiritual life, whether it's Jesus uh, or Christianity, uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, uh, the Wiccan mother goddess, I think that's Wicca, Um, and the Four Noble Truths would be uh, Buddhism, but I can see how those pursuits they do grant you some certainty about the world. Um, and you choose to see things through that light. You know, in a, in, in a current day and age, we really don't have a way in which we can understand the world. Um, if you don't know what I mean, just ask yourself, like, what happens when I die? Um, because... Many people, I mean, even, I'm trying to think even back uh, during the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries, um, even then, people were still questioning those things, but they saw the world a little bit different than we did now. Um, Remember that quote from the previous previous podcast, which was, the world is nothing, the man is all. You know, in the past, the world was a little bit more determined. Meaning, you know, if you did an ill deed, you know, it was thought that possibly God would strike down on you. Um, read, uh, you know, 
the uh, Iliad and the Odyssey. The gods themselves were almost extensions of your feeling. They were active in the world in which you lived and the world in which you operated in. And if you went against them, you know, you didn't pay them any libations, you didn't uh, pay heed to their warnings, etc., you died. Um, now, again, this is not to say that, you know, if, uh, if there were someone who was living now, who was a, uh, living in uh, Rome or what was, what was then Sparta or anywhere in the Parthenon, in Athens, Greece, anywhere, Crete, etc. It wasn't actually the fact that, um, you know, if they didn't kiss their mother or something, they died the next day. No, but the religious dogma of the time, there were these uh, legends, so to speak, and it was taught that you must obey the gods, right? If you think back, if you went to college or you didn't, I don't know if they teach Socrates in uh, high school, but Socrates was convicted of corrupting the youth and he was convicted to drinking hemlock and he was sentenced to death pretty much. Hemlock is a poison. They even had, they even um, tried to make him escape, but he didn't. We may talk about that, but so what I mean by that is the Greeks they saw the world much, much different, um, even the Romans. Even, um, even in Islam currently, uh, th there's, a different, there's a different way in which people see the world. <clears throat> this is not, we're not going down the realm of moral relativism, remember that. Um, I'm just saying that they see the world in the religion in which they speak, that things are the way they are as the result of some sort of divine providence. And it makes things occur within the realm of possibility of God. Whereas now, what happens is the realm of possibility is just some asshole who drove off the road, you know? Whereas, like, perhaps um, during Gre uh, Greco-Roman times, um, some idiot who had his, uh, you know, horse and it, it it held up the battle of Thermopylae. It was like, oh my God, you know, Athena, the goddess of war, is warning us that this is dangerous. Let's not let's go back. You know what I mean? How they how they uh, they translate that. So it's interesting to think about that. Today, many people don't worship, and this isn't my um, motivational speech to say go to church or anything like that. Not at all. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm here simply to tell you. Uh, my thoughts on the topics. And if that's what you think I am, uh, a motivational speaker, then you're sorely mistaken because there shouldn't be any motivation for you to want to seek out any sort of knowledge or think on your own. And that's what I'm here to do. So with that said, you know, David Foster Wallace is reiterating to us this, this banality of life. Like there's just this normal experience that you're going to go through. I mean, I think to my, I think back on uh you know like my grandparents life and i mean it, it probably was a little bit different maybe a lot different uh from their parents i mean my grandparents they grew up in the born in the late 1920s and their parents were born i think late 19th century so yeah i don't think their parents really got uh you know they didn't have uh, access to the next iphone and 
my grandparents don't have access to it either. I mean, they have access to it, but they're not utilizing it. But I don't think their lives were, you know, so drastically different um, because that way in which they grew up uh, really taught them how their parents were going to live. You know, in a lot of the world, um, we, we forget to think that there are millions and probably billions of people who their life is what their father did. Their what life is what their mother did. Their life is what their sister did. When I was in uh, North Africa and the uh, Middle East, you see that day in and day out. And this is the thing. There is nothing wrong with it. You know, like we think now, that if I do what my dad did, oh, I'm a freaking sellout. Like, I can't get a job. You know, I can't do something on my own. And for millions or billions of people, they literally do what their dad did. And I saw this day in and day out in the Middle East. If my dad was uh, sold bread in uh, Medina in uh, Rabat, guess what I was doing uh, if once I grow up and my dad wants to get rid of the business or uh, hand it down to me, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be a bread maker, and that's how life functions. And the worship there is, you know, that this is uh, how I make money. This is what my dad did. This is what his dad did, and his dad, and his dad, and his dad. And it forms that foundation for the person to know their social stratification, like. Yeah, I'm not going to be a millionaire. Like, I'm not going to be a billionaire. In America, we have all of these choices to want to do something that it overwhelms us. And we sort of look down upon these menial tasks, you know. I would have clients um, who, anytime someone wanted to come to my gym, right, or anytime I was out, I get fascinated by people because I love talking with them. I love learning about them. Somebody who's a mechanic, like, dude, I think that's such an honorable job whereas most people I mean maybe I'm forming a judgment here I think there are a lot of people who look on that job you know before I say this let me say uh, let me tell you a short snippet when I had when I was coaching a bunch of um, teenager teenage soccer girls I don't even think they were teenage I mean I think they were like maybe 11 or 12 right and it was about six or seven of them and, uh, you know, we had finished our training and I'm like, what do you girls want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you guys want, girls want to do? How many of them said doctors and lawyers? It was beyond me. I'm like, that is insane that these girls just want to become doctors and lawyers. I'm not saying they can't. I'm saying that we're like almost overemphasizing that the the doctor life or the lawyer life is is supposed to be there for everybody and we should all like congratulate and like want that. But how many more doctors and lawyers do we actually need? And are, are they actually doing it because they want to be a doctor? Or is it like this, again, this worship of something beyond a normal job? Like the, major, the, the, um, the majority of Americans and people they work like normal jobs. Like, like, what do you do? I'm a mechanic. So back to that story. Like, when I meet someone and I'm like, oh, you're a mechanic. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I think it's interesting. I want to learn about cars. Like, fuck. Like, I, I, my only thing I know how to do is freaking change my oil and um, 
maybe change a tire and change brakes. But we tend to think that these people who have these sort of jobs, like, not that they're less than, but it's like, oh, if only I could do something else. You ha- you can do something else. But I think it's just this overemphasis on let's not be mundane. But, like, the mundane is is what I'm getting across, just like David Foster Wallace is getting across, is the majority of your life. Like, you will live... You will have, hopefully, I hope I hope you have a great experience. You know, you find love, um, you settle down, you have kids, and uh, you die. Like, what else? What else is there? Like, travel, see different places. I mean, there is no getting out of this um, alive, so to speak. So, why would you expect, you know, the normality of life to be any different? I mean. Sure, some of us will be congressmen or, you know, possibly run, say they ran for president. But life is pretty normal, you know. You, like I said in the beginning, (laughs) you get up, you go to work, that's it. You come back home, you sleep. And it's, it's about making those days really worthwhile. You know, you can tune out you can turn off and um just uh, sign your life away on the dotted line and say you know what i resign myself to be the person that works x job and who is really unhappy in the relationships or you can say oh you know i do i don't enjoy my job like i'm going to take steps towards you know moving myself out of this job and you don't like your relationship and you're going to say, I'm going to start taking steps towards moving myself out of these relationships. Or you can actually just accept each one of those and say, yeah, my relationship sucks because I didn't work on it. And I accept that. Now, if you accept it, there's no possible way that it could actually give you any sort of issue or um, calamity in your life because if once you accept something if you accept it then you agree that it either can't be changed or that it's part of where you are at this very moment and you're willing to go on and live your life just according to those uh, standards that you've already accepted and it seems to me that there is more and more of unacceptance of it and that you know the worship needs to come in the form of a opportunity that others won't have and it's it's kind of strange it's a, it's a very strange concept to think about that you know regardless of whether or not you're religious or not um you need to have this quote unquote worship of a a a, a life that should be worshiped more than you know a life that should be found to be meaningful and the people that you're you know interacting with the job that you have um, the discussions you have really even though they're normal they there's a beauty in it you know so with that said David Foster Wallace goes on about you know how 
you know, if you're going to worship money, it's going to leave you empty. If you're going to worship, you know, power, you'll end up feeling weak. You know, if you worship your mind, you'll end up being seen as smart, but you'll end up feeling being feel uh, being felt stupid. Um, you know, and it's absolutely true. Like, the more you worship your degree, well, there's going to be someone who has a better degree. If you, the more you worship that car, the minute it gets scratched, you're like, oh shit. Um, so the I- idea is to actually reframe yourself into accepting the reality of things as they are and realize that the choice is all within you to actually agree or disagree with the circumstances and sort of make the most of it and not make the most of it because oh you know I got it I should get a, I should get along and move on no like truly accept it move on with it and make it a beautiful day make it a beautiful hour make it a beautiful minute and uh realize that the the person behind that counter the person who gave you an attitude like that's all on them like it's not on you we tend to personalize so much of what the outside world does and it it shouldn't go that way at all you shouldn't take anything that the outside world is quote-unquote giving you or displaying to you as a personal attack because more often than not it's just a um experience that this person or person persons are going through and um, their frustration doesn't have to it could just wipe off you like a you know like one of those teflon pants or nonstick pans so all of that stuff that they're going through just leave it in the dust like it's not even going to affect you but most of us let it affect us most of us accept it most of us want to feel that crappy day you know i mean it's like uh if you were driving a car and you picked up a straggler on the side of the road that he gets into the car and you happen to have a happy you're having like the best day your favorite music is playing and this person gets into the car and like oh man i've been waiting for three months you know so mad you know people suck and you're like okay and then you driving down the road you pick up another person this person's been waiting six months they get into the car like six months i've been waiting man it's freaking ridiculous i hate people and now you're like all right i'm starting to feel like people suck then you get it down the road further and someone else they've been waiting outside for a year and like oh, i was hoping someone would stop you know i've only been waiting here a year and now you're like oh god yeah people do suck and you're just going back and forth and people are just you're literally letting every single thing pretend that car is you know your skin um, or your uh, your mind and you're letting all of these things just creep right under your skin, go right inside your mind and just feed that inner sense of inadequacy, uh, denial, um, unhappiness, frustration, stress, etc. And then you die young. I mean, hopefully it doesn't go that route, but <laughs> you get the drift, you know, you, it, right from there you get, you put, you pull up at a, a McDonald's or something, you get fast food, you're like, I just want to eat something just to make this go away. No, don't make it go away. Like, you have the choice right then and there. Like, these mundane things that you go through in life, you know, co-worker at work, 
who you absolutely hate because they chew with their mouth open. Like, I mean, either you say something or you just accept it. Um, or like you find like a sliver of happiness in the fact that you, you have a job and you get like, you have a job and you're not deaf. I know it's kind of a crazy way to look at it, but like you have a job, so you get to be where you are right now and you're, and you're not deaf. So you have the opportunity to engage with the world, get money from your employer and not be deaf so that you can hear your coworker chew with their mouth open. I know that would be leaps and bounds of a jump for you, but it, it really means the world if you accept this mundane sort of, I don't want to say monotonous, but the, the simpleness of life in general, like, like how many times are you going to go through, uh, go and do laundry? Maybe you have a personal, uh, service, which, Hey, awesome. How many times are you going to do laundry? How many times are you going to wash the dishes? How many times are you going to load the dishwasher? How many times are you going to tie your shoes? Um, how many times are you going to take a shit and go to the bathroom? How many times are you going to brush your teeth? Like all of these things, you can just zombie out and be unconscious throughout the whole entire thing, which I know a lot of people are. Um, and if you are, I want you to like go take a uh, ice bath or something and like literally wake up to the coldness of the world. <laughs> Not in the sense of... Uh, like being mean, but literally engage with your senses and know that you still are alive. You know, there is life to be lived. Um, and just because it's mundane doesn't mean it's any less meaningful. It just means that it's mundane. And, um, that's what I wanted to get off my chest because I used to feel like, uh, the mundane, like, it would it would bother me that I was afraid of uh, trying to do something that I thought others did better than myself. You know, I know I could do pretty much anything. Um, it's, I, I, I just know that I can do it. Like, if I wanted to be a doctor, I would do it. If I wanted to be a lawyer, I did take my LSATs. Um, I did really well, but I just didn't want to go to law school. Uh, I know if I wanted to do a PhD, I even had contacts at some of the universities and was planning on doing it in philosophy or clinical psychology. Um, I know I could do all those things, and I'm grateful. I just would think that sometimes it wouldn't add up to the people that I looked up to who had those things, and it would make me not want to pursue it, you know, like... I never wanted to write a book because the best books were already written. Um, but but the, the likelihood of me becoming a Shakespeare, I mean, honestly, is probably nil, right? And maybe maybe I'm judging too far, but I mean that even if it was, even if it gave, um, you know, it, it brought some happiness or brought some unique insight to a couple people, dude, I'd be so happy. I'd be thrilled. So 
it's worth doing. It's worth engaging in those types of, um, you know, uh, extracurriculars, <laughs> so to speak. So all in all, I want you to take away from this podcast that the mundane, in your, the, if there was a word, the mundanity or the normal, the normalcy in your life, the day-to-day, the, what you see as monotony is really something to be uh, prized in a way. A lot of people, especially now during coronavirus, are dying, 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 dying in their homes with depression, anxiety, opioid crises through the roof because they have no semblance of a normal day. And these are the same people who, pre-COVID, they wanted to work from home and they wanted to, they hated work and, you know, I hate my coworkers. And now they're freaking dying to get back into work. They hate Zoom calls. They hate being away from, they hate being home. They hate being in their own house. How crazy is that? So maybe this is a call uh, to get back to the, mon- uh, the mundane life, to, you know, honor all of those people who go to work every day and do their jobs and provide for their kids. It's honorable. It's completely honorable. And it's, it's a religious experience um, and a religious spectacle that people can all contribute to one sort of thing um, in the production of a good service or a, uh, uh, I don't know, consultation or what have you whatever other jobs there are instead of goods and services, I don't know, foods, et cetera. I guess it's a good. So it's always remember that you have the, that choice, like David Foster Wallace says, right? You have the choice to worship what you want just because you say you're an atheist. I mean, yeah, you might in fact be an atheist, um, but you still worship something and it, there's a lens in which you see uh, the world. So start seeing the world in a way that's going to, you know, give you um, a grounding in the normalcy of life. Because, again, you're going to wake up tomorrow after listening to this or before listening to this. And uh, you're going to put your shoes on. You're going to take a shower, hopefully. You're going to have a drink of water. You're going to be listening to this on your iPhone just as if you were doing something normally. You're going to maybe go work out, do something, kiss someone, and it's all going to be normal. So, Be normal, you crazy folk, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. And be sure to, again, like, subscribe, leave a comment, share it with somebody. And uh, if you're feeling like you should be, you know, this grand old uh, important person, remember that there are million, I guess, 6.99 billion people um, who are just as normal as you. Um, and if we all look at life, you know, look, look at life as this shining emblem of, uh, what could be, man, it would be an awesome day nonetheless. And you would have an awesome week nonetheless. So be well, take care.